0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 59 of the Communication Coach Podcast. I hope you're well, having a great week, whatever you're doing. We've got glorious sunshine here today. It's Wednesday and it is the 18th of September. I should know that because it's my birthday on Sunday. So here I will be a 51 years old next time I do a podcast. I was saying the other day, how on earth has that happened? And then I look at the alternatives and actually, you know what? Pretty happy to be 51, fit and healthy. Having new opportunities arise in my life all the time, very grateful for that. And also um, to you, the listeners, I just want to say a big thank you. I was looking at some stats last week with my business coach and I hadn't really recognised or realised how social media can impact the world really, reflect all the way around. And I'm listened to now in at least 50 countries, have been listened to over 20 and a half thousand times and bearing in mind I do this little podcast in my stepdaughter's bedroom and just put out my feelings and my beliefs and hopefully making a difference in some way to the world and to your lives by just making life a little bit easier for you in your conversations and the way that you build relationships so thank you so much for that it is greatly appreciated and I do feel truly blessed to be able to do something like this so, and that you know, I was thinking about why do I do this? Why do I just put out a podcast? Why do I try and make a difference in the world around communication? And I was listening to somebody on Radio Two actually, BBC Radio Two this morning, who was saying that on ref- they went to Japan and they pressed the pe uh, rang the peace bell at the age of sixteen, full of energy and hope, and ready to change the world. And then later on, they've taken their own sixteen-year-old daughter there this year and rung the bell as a 48 year old and looked back on 32 years of of life and actually have I changed the world have I made a difference what have I done in my own little way and then recognizing that you know if we can just carry on to make a difference in our immediate circle we don't we're never all going to be world changers and I remember having a a conversation with one of my coaches Johnny once and saying you know I just want to change the world and he said well just change the place that you live change those that come into contact with you daily start there and your the ripple effect of the difference that you're making in other people's lives will be amazing and i feel that with the, this podcast that's what we're kind of doing is together we're sharing knowledge and experience and hopefully sharing those stories that i've learned from my hostage and crisis negotiation days And now bringing that into everyday communication, whether it's in business relationships or family relationships or parenting, which is probably the hardest job I've ever had to do is being a parent. And how you can use those communication skills to just make life, again, just a little bit easier for you. So thank you again for being there and helping me to fulfill my purpose and my dream, which is to give out these podcasts, share that experience and share that learning. And also pushing me now to write that book and get that out there setting myself a a deadline my business coach said to me last week he said why don't you put a deadline out for your book on your podcast because then you will live into it and so (laughs) as much as i'm resisting that i will put it out i'm going to say by the beginning the first week of july next year i will have something ready to publish so by the first week of july next year i'll have something ready to publish it will be about my life as a hostage and crisis negotiator the lessons that i learnt, and how you can implement the strategies i believe from those experiences into your everyday relationships and just sharing that journey that i went on so there you go first week of january i'll have something ready to publish you can hold me accountable to that and uh, i'll let you know how we get on i might even read you some excerpts from that book as we Go forward and share some of those stories with you and then you can give me some feedback and we'll take it from there. So I've put that out there so I can't take that back now. So in episode 59, yeah, first week of January, let's do it. So today's episode is called How Putting the Organization or Your Business First Can Devalue Your Team. So let me just explain a little bit about that. So I used to work for the police, a massive organization in London, the Metropolitan Police. And sometimes communication was hard and sometimes, if I'm honest, you did feel devalued. Now, I, I, I'm not here to diss any big organisations at all. I'm here just to talk about that personal aspect and how sometimes as managers, leaders, when you don't listen to the people that you're immediately responsible for, what happens is you you end up using words like, well, we're doing it for the organisation and it's for the organisation and this is for the organisation. And you, because you do that, you start to devalue the people that you're talking to, especially if they're going through some sort of challenge themselves. And I'll give a, an example of something that happened to my partner this week. And I'll give an example of how, as a business owner, that can be incredibly difficult and incredibly frustrating. And also as a line manager, when you have expectations from your managers that you will, I'm going to say, toe the party line, whatever that might be, without, and how you do that, but still do that in a way that your team feel valued because there is an art to it. It's not, you know, most of us will just come at it, well, that is life and that's that. But when you do that, you immediately lose and you'll get a pushback, a resistance pushback from the members of your team. So let me give you the example of in in my business. So I own three businesses. I have a garage, a gym and a coffee shop all in one site. Well, technically I own four because I do this as well, but the three sort of bricks and mortar businesses that I have. And I employ 12 people, some of those part-time, some of those full-time. They all have their own individual needs and concerns. And I also have to manage that and balance that with the business. So, for example, there are different areas of the business as we continue to change and grow that will no- need covering Sometimes, on a Monday I found now I only have two people in where perhaps it would be better to have three people in so you're looking at that constantly you're looking at the work coming in you're looking at the money you have all of that as a business owner all of those thoughts and processes but you know what the people that you employ that is not in their world that is in your world that is the gift of being a business owner stroke entrepreneur is that you put it all out there and it's kind of your baby and you develop it and It is important to you and you want everyone to work for you, but people don't work for you. They work for themselves. And if you want a good team balance and you want your team to feel valued because in the long run, when you get that, people work better and the relationship is improved and the communication flows more easily. And when you get all of those in place, then you have a good workforce. And when you have a good workforce or a team, that helps you to develop your business and grow your business because you can't do it without them. So it's much better, I believe, to bring people along that are onside, that enjoy coming to work. You know, you spend so much time of your work, at work. Sorry, that if it's not an enjoyable place, it's hard. And perhaps you can relate to that. You know, when you've been in a role or been in a job where you haven't felt fulfilled and you certainly haven't felt valued. And then what happens is you get that initial kickback, you get that initial pushback. You get that. Well, I'm not going to, I've worked here for ages. I'm not going to be as useful I wa- as I was. And when people feel devalued, they don't do all the things that they, they used to do because they're like, well, w- why would I do that for you? Wh- what is the point? Whereas if you have a motivated team, a team of people who enjoy coming to work, they are far more likely to work harder and be more mot- motivated. And if you get that, then obviously, it, it ma- as a business owner, as a, a leader, it, ma- it makes life easier. So that's an example I have is for one of my members of team, I'm looking to change their days, but I appreciate they have a life as well. So rather than go at it from the point of view, right, you are changing your shift and I want you to work Mondays and that's it. And if you if you don't toughen up or leave or, you know, the organization is more important than your life, we have an open conversation. You 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 open it Of This is this is where I'm coming from. Where are you coming from? And you find out what motivates them and what's important to them just by listening. And as you do that, you start to find a way together to negotiate a um, a resolution. That's such a police term. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm just going to say that. Or to solve the problem. You come to a solution together. And if you come to a solution together, then everybody's happy. And people in the workplace continue to be happy. Now, I get it's not always that easy. And I'm certainly not saying that you should not run your business efficiently and effectively or your organization or wherever you sit with or even in parenting it's the same because you you have your ideas and your values and you want your child to live into that and you don't want those rails and you don't want those falls out and you don't want that pushback and what happens is when we start to bring I am the parent I am the team leader I am the organizer I am of rank whatever it might be or you will do this because the organization requires it from you You immediately get a pushback, and you get that, well, you know, sod you, or even harder, generally, I don't generally swear, but I'm going to here, you'll get a fuck you. Why would I do that for you? Where what about me? Because that's all about you. And I talk about conversations often being all about you, because I believe that. I believe most of our conversations are driven from our point of view. So as a leader and a manager. If you, if you turn that and say to them, well, from an organisational point of view, you will be doing that, then you're going to immediately get that pushback. You're going to make them feel devalued. They're either going to say it out loud, well, fuck you and fuck the business, or they're going to go away and go, do you know what? I'm not going to be as strong. I'm not going to be as passionate. You don't value me, so why should I give you so much effort? Because most of the time, people want to feel valued. They want to feel like they have a purpose. And if you look at your own life, perhaps if you are a leader, of an organization a big organization and you have that difficulty filtering, filtering that, that um, message down to people that perhaps work for you look at the way that your managers and your deputies are filtering that message out and are they saying well that, that's it we are an organization and so therefore that's what's going to happen now I remember a leader of the Metropolitan Police doing something very similar and saying well actually we're a big organization and that's how it is And if you don't like it, you have every opportunity to leave. And that's true. You know, we're not trees. As a friend of mine would say, we're not trees. You have the opportunity to up and leave. But you also alienate good staff. Now, they might not up and leave, but they won't put in the time and the effort that they were doing before if they don't feel valued. And I think we can all relate to that. I remember not getting promoted once and feeling that I had the evidence and that I was a strong enough candidate. And going and speaking to my big boss about it and him sitting me down going yeah actually you have really good evidence here Nick and me saying thank you C- so why have I not been promoted and him just turning around to me and saying basically well it's not your turn you haven't been in this department long enough to be promoted not that I couldn't do the job not that I didn't have the evidence but it wasn't my turn now my partner is going through something similar or they believe that they're going through something similar and have had disappointment this week but more disappointing for them was the way they was Spoken to, and how the conversation went, whereas it wasn't a listening conversation about them, bearing in mind this was a mentorship meeting that they were at. It was a well, this is what's going to happen because this is what the organization needs, and I get that i get we I think we all get that when you work for a business or or an organization, there are certain e- expectations, but bringing the team on board to help you meet those expectations is far better than alienating your team devaluing them and then not bringing them forward with you to help them to implement the strategy and so often i think as leaders we forget that and i know that i do i know that sometimes I go away from meetings feeling incredibly frustrated because the team have come at me with a load of things. And actually, in my background, I'm trying to balance books. I'm trying to balance resources. I've got other challenges going on which they don't know about. Now, if I share those challenges in team meetings and I share the truth of the matter with them about everything in the business, I get a much better um, not feeling, but they, res- they can appreciate where you're coming from. And I sometimes think as a leader... That we don't do that, and then the first thing that we look to do around cutting is cutting people's jobs, rather than looking at at how can we better employ people. Um, And Simon Sinek talks a lot about this in his, you know, Start with Why, about the reasons for and what we look at in saving money in businesses. And he talks about how you know your your staff and your team are the first thing to go because they're the biggest wage bill. But if there was a different way of doing it, there's always a different way of doing it. How could we continue with the employment of the staff but increase the way that the money comes in by involving the staff and the team more in how that works? And I think he raises a a fair and valid point because if you invest in your people and you can invest very cheaply by listening, you can invest very cheaply by sitting down spending time with your team and just listening to what they have to say, And then you will have your aims and your goals for the organisation and for you as an individual, and they will have their own. I I was just listening to a podcast by Rob Moore this morning. He was saying exactly the same. You know, people don't work for you. They work for themselves. So it's important to find out what motivates them and how, how can you help as a leader to keep those teams working in your business. And when we recognise the individuality of people and we listen to them and we spend time in the moment with them, just hearing what their own challenges is. Remember, you, we all have a story. I honestly believe that. We all have a story. You only have to listen to what is going on in other people's lives. And it's very easy for us to dismiss because we're so wrapped up in our own world. So if we press the pause button and we stop and we think about, right, I'm going to listen to the person in front of me, to what they have to say... I'm going to put my needs to one side just for now. I'm not saying that they're not going to be met at all or I'm going to put the needs of the organisation to one side just for now so that I can fully be here listening to what motivates this person. And often it's just a lack of understanding of the frustrations that they might be facing. So for example, I want to change somebody's shift on my team and get them to work a different day. But they've got plans already in their life. And I appreciate that. So we'll find a happy ground. We'll, we'll meet in the middle and we'll find a way of making that work. Because there is always a way of making things work. Sometimes we just have to think outside the box. And it takes a little bit of preparation and a little bit of time. But balance that with losing somebody who's a really good team member, an A player or a B player, who puts themselves out for your organisation and business is, I believe, worth that investment of time of listening. I believe that if the boss of my partner had sat down with them and listened to their concerns and listened to their frustrations and then given them a plan of development before they left, they would have been happy. They would have stayed, they'd have accepted that the organisation needs to be put first, but they would have done it in a completely different way other than coming home and feeling really demotivated and devalued and how often do we do that how often do we do that without thinking about it how often is it quick for us to you know say no this is what's happening and this is why it's happening without taking just a few minutes out to listen to the other person's perspective make them feel valued and it's not a difficult thing to do but it's because we don't spend time in the conscious moment i believe very often and we don't have that self-awareness to go Right, who is this about? Because generally it will be all about you. And it it was the same in negotiation of talking somebody down from the edge. You know, we want them to come down because we want to save life. But that's all about what we want and that's all about us. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that you have to spend time listening to the story, getting to know people and then helping them to move forward with their own lives in the same way that you can fit that in with your business. And then when you both move forward together in a parallel way, then the business will naturally grow and that person will naturally develop. If it was easy, everybody, <laughs> everybody would do it and nobody would have any fallings out of work. So my question to you this week is where do you sit? Are you, if you're a leader of an organisation, do you just say this is what's happening because I'm the boss? Because once you've done that, you have probably lost, I'm going to suggest, the other person. They'll be back in their own world listening. What's their reaction when you say it? See what they do they still engaged are they starting to step back and, and become disengaged And because we're so wrapped up in what's going on for us and perhaps we have pressures of our own from our own bosses then we will be working it out the way that we want to rather than stopping and thinking how can we do this uh, you only have to look at world negotiations at the moment everybody coming from their own perspective right. their own point of view rather than stopping and thinking what do they want what do i want how can we meet in the middle but you build relationships by listening to people you build relationships by spending time in that moment and if it, it doesn't even have to be a long time y- you know in child psychology books if you spend 15 minutes a week doing something with your child that they want to do the relationship improves dramatically and there's been a lot of research that's been done on this and when we're in emotional drive we are generally behaving like children because we go into childlike behaviour and into our childlike brain. So it, if you could just press pause, take a step back, think about, you know what, am I listening to what this person is saying or am I fully focused on what I and the organisation wants? And perhaps reflect on some conversations that you've had before. I can certainly, I have certainly know as a, a young in spectre once uh p- talking to a police officer who'd done a long tour of duty and came in and went straight and had something to eat the next day and it was a really busy late term i'll never forget this it was a really busy late term and they had been so in the police you have public order trained officers they're called level two trained officers they are volunteers from teams and they go off and do public order so he had been i think it was a Millwall game the night before There'd been a lot of a uh, big disturbance, and he had not got home until about four o'clock in the morning. And then he was back in at 5 pm that evening, and he went straight in it and had something for f- from the canteen to eat. Not unreasonable, you wouldn't think. We were having a really busy late turn. I was being cha- I, I think I had a lot of challenges going on. We had a lot of incidents that I was trying to manage, and I needed him to take some calls. So I went and found him. And they said, I really need you. They you go, as soon as you say that, you know it's all about you. I really need you to go out now and start doing some calls. And he was like, well, boss, I, I didn't get in until 4 o'clock this morning. I'm really tired. I just wanted to eat. And I was like, the needs of this team and the organisation become before you. i probably use words to that effect. And as soon as I said that, you could see him just, well, he, he was like, oh, you. And I'd lost him in that moment. And uh, I and that, and that stays with me because I handled that really badly, I believe. Or I could have not handled it really badly, but I could have definitely handled it r- differently. I was coming from an emotional point of view around my needs, my wants, you know, pressures around figures and answering calls and all those things, and I wasn't taken into consideration. And it wouldn't have taken long for me to just sit down with him. I could have probably had a cup of tea, checked in with him, see how he was, bought him a cup of tea and just said, Okay, great, as soon as you're ready, can can you give the team a hand so that we can just get some of these calls done and all of those things? And he would have probably been far more on board than he was by the conversation that I had with him there and then. Right, I hope that helps, and I hope you have a great week. Let me know if I can help you in any way, shape or form, and I will speak to you soon. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Comms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review and I look forward to speaking to you soon. <coughs>